nothing more important than seeing the Lord. If you don't see him high lifted up now, you will. You will. Uh, Valerie, great to have you here with us all the way from Jamaica. God bless you, uh, Sister Valerie Dixon. The presence of the Lord is here. And we need to recognize that he has something to do. He has something to give. He has someone to bless. He has a plan even for this service. God's always prepared. <clears throat> he didn't have to figure anything out. He's always prepared because he's always God. And he knew you were going to be here today. He knew we were going to be here. And he knew our need before we knew about it. Some people have a need, but they don't realize what that need is. Sometimes we say, well, I need this, this, this. But God says, no, 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 no. I know what you need. I am who you need. We can stand. We're going to read a verse here in just a moment. Praise God. We got men's conference coming up in September. Men's conference, if you want to put this on your calendar, it is September 7th and 8th. Uh, the registration actually opens today. So here for the next few weeks, uh, we're going to be uh, collecting registration. Uh, Brother Mark Morgan, all the way from San Francisco, California, is going to be ministering there. Uh, I believe this is the one in, o is it Ocala? I don't even have the location. Pentecostals.com, so it must be the one in Apopka. Mark Morgan, J.H. Osborne, some of you that have been to Apopka know Brother Osborne, Ron Becton, Mike Williams, and Paul Pamer, September 7th and 8th. <coughs> Listen, is it warm in here? Is it a little warm? All right. Well, don't let the heat inhibit you, okay? <laughs> don't let it inhibit you from really just reaching out, seeking the Lord. Getting involved with God. Now listen, I'm well aware that it takes more effort. You know, when, when pastor's not here, it, it does take more effort. When pastor's not here, uh, many of you are distracted. Many of you are disappointed. And you lose focus on your whole purpose of being here. You lose focus on the whole purpose of you being here. And I know probably more than you do, that it's tough. It's tough on us to keep this thing going in the right direction because we're not just dealing with what we think and what we feel, but we're dealing with what you think and what you feel. And your distraction, distractedness affects us. So whether pastor's here or not, we got to keep moving. <clears throat> pastor's coming back. But even when pastor's gone, the Lord is the God of the temple. We're here to worship the God of the house, right? And so the Lord uh, has given us a great man of God to be our pastor. Um, and sometimes he has to be out of town. He travels overseas. There are things that need to be done. He's sent of God. He does uh, the work of an apostle in many places. And uh, he's many things to many people. And he is being used of God. And we're blessed to have such a man and woman of God uh, as our elder, our pastor, our leader here. But um, we need to realize that, <clears throat> that uh, whether sisters here or not, we're, we're going to worship, we're going to pray, we're going to seek God, we're going to have church. You know, we're going to do what we're supposed to do. And, uh, you know, even if the music isn't perfect, we're going to worship God. Even if they sing uh, in, in E-flat instead of E, we're, we're going to praise God. We're going to have church, you know, right? We're going to have church because God has a plan. God has an agenda. And I want to align myself with God's plan and with God's agenda for this service. God wants to fill people with the Holy Ghost today. Do you want to be a part of that? God wants to fill people with the Holy Ghost today. Do you want to be a part of that? Amen. 
God wants to remove sin today. God wants to heal people. Do you want to be a part of that? I want, I'm going to be. I'm a part of it, and I'm going to be. Praise God. Look at someone close by and say, I'm going to be a part of what God's doing. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter if it's a big part or a little part. I just want to be a part of what God's doing. God's here in the midst of his people. So uh, I'm just kind of being real with you. Uh, it is a little tougher on us, um, but we have to pull together, right? Brother Chance, we got to pull together. You know, when we only got nine players out on the field, you, you got to pull together. You got to fill in those gaps so that the other team don't beat you up. Huh? Don't let your flesh beat you up. Don't let the circumstance beat you up. Don't let people beat you up. Don't let the devil beat you up. Come on. If there's a few missing, let's move around. Let's fill in the gaps. Let's keep this thing going. Let's get up at the plate and swing and hit that ball. Praise God. Let's have apostolic church. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I know you've been standing. Let's turn into the word of the Lord to page number let me see, what page is it in? <laughs> it's page number one on my notes. So. <laughs> page one. You ready? All right. We're going to eat after church, hopefully, if we're still alive. I'm looking forward to a good meal. I had to, listen, I'll go ahead and, and just ask you to forgive me. Whoever's donuts were left in the back, I got two of them, okay? Two of those donut holes. I got the regular, and I got the one with the cinnamon coating. <sighs> Confess your faults one to another. Now I need you to pray for me that we can be healed and that we can go on and have church. So, <clears throat> uh, And I know there's only one left, but it's a good one. Because it has the white powder sugar on it. Ooh, that's some sweet stuff. Okay, could you bring that out here? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Since you're not going to eat it, okay. Revelation, Revelation chapter number 3. Revelation chapter number 3. Ooh. I don't have a sermon. <clears throat> I don't have anything fancy to say. Uh, but the Lord did speak to me, and um, this is what I'm having for lunch today. Praise God. It's going to be a long lunch. <laughs> uh, it's not really a buffet either. It's, it's some meat and some potatoes, and I think there's a few green beans on this plate. Revelation chapter number 3, verse 14, I'll read a verse or two, and then we can pray and be seated. <clears throat> and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, of the Laodiceans, someone say of the Laodiceans. He didn't say the church in Laodicea or the church of Laodicea. He said the church of the Laodiceans, right these things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He's speaking here to the last of the seven churches that he addressed here in the book of Revelation, I believe starting uh, in chapter number two, concluding in chapter number three. The last church that he addressed was the church of the Laodiceans. And this is what the Lord said. He said, I know thy works. High five somebody and tell them. I know your works, man. I know your works. <laughs> that could be a good thing. I know what you what you've been doing, your works. A lot of things can fall under the category of works. So he says, I, I recognize your works. And then he says that thou art neither cold nor hot. We have to be careful. We have to be very, very careful. 
I know your works. You're busy. You're doing stuff, going places, participating. But he says, I know your works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm. Now, he's talking to the church of the Laodiceans. There's no one accusing you or me of being in this condition. But if we are, the Lord wants to help us. The Lord wants to help us. And if we're not in this condition, there is a tendency to fluctuate and to end up in this condition. Do you understand me? There is that possibility that you can start out in the altar on fire at youth camp and then you begin to do your own thing and your spiritual temperature begins to fluctuate and you find yourself digressing instead of aggressively seeking and pursuing the Lord. You can be a church worker and get a lot of stuff done but be a lukewarm person as far as your spiritual state and your relationship with God. Because you're lukewarm, you're neither cold nor hot. I will spew thee out of my mouth. I believe he's talking about uh, rejection. And here's another thing. He said, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. He can't spew you out of his mouth unless you're first in his mouth. You're a part of his mouth. And what I felt from this statement is if, if you're going to settle for being lukewarm, then you're no longer be, going to be my voice in the earth. You're just going to be a worker. But you're not going to be my voice in the earth. That's devastating. Let's pray. Can we, can we do that together right now? Let's pray. Let's open our hearts to the word of the Lord. God wants to help us. Praise God. We love you, Jesus. We do. We do. We're here not to be seen of men, but we're here to see the Lord ourselves. Hallelujah. We're here to behold the Lord, the glory, the beauty. We're here to inquire in your temple. Hallelujah. We're here to draw near to you. We not only need salvation, but we need you, the Savior. Hallelujah. We have made a mess of things. We've made mistakes. We've failed. We've fallen. But, oh, God, may we get up again, and may we approach the throne of grace again. May we come back to you. May we come back to true intimacy with God. I pray you'd speak to us and give us the ability to receive and to conceive your word today that we might be changed and the life that we live can produce change in the world in which we live. God, in Jesus' name we pray. Can you just lift your hands to the Lord right now? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just touch the Lord. Let him touch us. Let him help us. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, yes. Can we thank the Lord? I worship you. I thank you. Your peace, Lord, passes all understanding. Your presence, God, gives us so much joy and peace and confidence. We love you. Praise God. You can be seated. The Lord is speaking to the church of the Laodiceans. I believe the word of God is timeless. And there are times where we need to look into the Word of God to find out where we are and what God has said about this particular state or condition. I was actually laying on my Tempur-Pedic bed in Ocala when these things came into my mind. I wanted to take a nap, but I had to get up and start writing.
You know, God doesn't speak uh, on your terms. He speaks when he's ready. He's God. And it will be greatly beneficial if we get up and take note and listen to what God is saying. Not only is God speaking to you for you and your need, but God perhaps may be speaking through you so that others can hear Him. I do believe that the church is a conduit, and you've heard me say it. I do believe that the church, the body of Christ, is God's mouthpiece in the earth, that we are a conduit for God's communication. That there is not only demonstration of the Spirit of the Lord, there's also declaration of the Word of God. And that comes through the body of Christ. Every one of us can be used of God to communicate Jesus Christ to our world. And he is saying here, not to the world. He's not talking to the world. He's not talking to the religious community. He is talking to one of these candlesticks. He's talking to one of these seven churches. Uh, this church belonged to him. It was a church uh, in a particular area. And they had a particular condition. And he says, because you are lukewarm, you're neither cold nor hot. This is your spiritual state. I know all of your works. I know what you're doing and where you're going and how much you're, how much you're spending I even know what people think of you. And I even know what you think about yourself. He says, because you say, you say, I didn't say, and it's out of your own heart that you say these things. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we speak what's in our heart. How many knows that the heart is corruptible? It is deceitful. It is wicked above all things. Listen, if you follow your heart, you're going to be lost. If you follow your own heart, you're going to be lost unless God gives you his heart. Some people don't know the difference. I even have trouble with that, don't you? Discerning what's me, what's God, what's my heart, what's his. What's my spirit, what's my agenda, what's God's. Is what I'm hearing, is it coming from me? Is it coming from the enemy? Is it coming from someone else? But he says, because you say, you actually said this. You said, I'm rich and I'm increased with goods. I got a lot of stuff. We got a lot of great stuff. It's been a while. We've been in here for quite some time, Brother Nagy. We've been having a church a long time. We've accumulated some things. We've gained some ground. We're no longer across the tracks. We're on the public, the main highway now. Everybody can see us. They're talking about us. Our videos have gone viral. <laughs> We're on YouTube now. We even have our own YouTube channels. You got those that are for us and those that are against us, right? But we're pretty famous or infamous. But he speaks to the church. He said, because you say I'm rich and I'm increased with goods and I have need of nothing. How many has ever come to church and your actions and your attitude demonstrated that you didn't need anything? Actions and your attitude demonstrated that you didn't need anything. Everything was all right because you've been in here for a while now and you have status. You have name. You have credibility, reputation. People know who you are. You say that you're rich and increased with goods and you have need of nothing and you don't know. This is what really stood out to me. And I've never paid attention to this statement. He says, you say I'm rich, I'm increased with goods, and I have need of nothing, and you don't even know. You actually don't know your true state in the eyes of God. How many has ever said, God, show me 
who I am, what I am, where I'm at, because I don't know. Come on, be honest. And I, I know, I think there's a few people that, that would be honest and say, there's been times where, where I didn't know where I was. I, I didn't know my spiritual condition, and I needed God to help me and show me where I was. I knew I was in the world. I knew I was in the church, but I did not know my condition. I didn't know my spiritual state. And I've lived long enough, and some of you have lived long enough and been in the church long enough that we can be effective in the work that we do. We can show up and be at our post on time. We can be prompt and punctual. We can practice and learn all the right words and all the right responses and still be in poor spiritual condition. Anybody beside me ever been there? Huh? There's been times where I've come to church, and, and it's been about 25 years. There's been times where I've come to the church, and I've talked to the elder. I said, God, I said my brother, I, 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 don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this tonight. I don't feel, I don't feel like I, I'm where I need to be. I feel like, man, I've messed up. I've, you know, I wanted to hit somebody today. I had some thoughts in my mind, and I'm telling you, I had road rage come over me. You know, you had all these things going, but yet, I, but Brother Sapp, you're the only, you're the, you, you got you to gotta get up and do it. You got to get up. I'm like, I don't want to do it because I don't feel like I'm capable and I don't feel confident. I don't feel good about myself. Thank God for that. Thank God for that sensitivity. Thank God for that, amen, that awareness. But sometimes... We're not there. Sometimes we just carry on with our spiritual calisthenics and our routine and our ritual and our religiosity. And we do what needs to be done, say what needs to be said, sing the song, and, and we do everything just right. But the Lord said, you're lukewarm. And I don't want you to stay that way. Because... I need more than a worker. I need a witness. I need a witness. And you were here on Wednesday night. The most powerful ministry in the body of Christ is the ministry of the witness. There's no ministry more powerful, potent, efficacious than the ministry of the witness. We're here to establish in the earth that which is already established and settled in heaven. But when you and I are not fervent and hot and in his face and in his presence and being led of the spirit, then we're no longer an effective witness. We have to settle for just being a worker. Am I by myself up here? Would you be honest with yourself and say, there's been times where that has been me. Maybe I'm there now that I've done the church work. I showed up. I'd done what was expected of me. I gave. I sang. I played. I come to the altar. I said my little prayer. I cried a few tears. I've done my work. But when we go out, there's no powerful ministry. There's no powerful witness. That's a sign, that's a sign that there has been a decrease in our spiritual temperature. And you don't even know that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Listen, when the Lord says you don't know that you're wretched, that you're miserable, that you're poor, that you're blind, that you're naked, he wasn't talking about a feeling. These things have nothing to do with a feeling because you can be in this spiritual condition and not know it. You can be in this spiritual state, wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked, and not feel that way. You can actually feel rich like you've accomplished something, like you have become the who's who and you've arrived and not even know. 
what God sees, what God recognizes about us. These things were not feelings, they were conditions. This was their spiritual state. The church had works, they had accomplishments, they had better stuff, they had more assets, they had better jobs, they had better buildings, they had better programs. They looked richer, they were more stylish, more trendy, and they actually thought that they were pretty awesome. <laughs> Come on, just high five yourself and say, you know you felt that way. <laughs> yes. Their perception of themselves was very distorted because they were looking through the lens of worldly success and worldly standards. Put that on your Twitter. You'll get some likes on that one. Now, I don't keep up with the Twitter or the Instagram or the MoneyGram. <laughs> or Billy Graham. God bless him. But their perception of themselves was very distorted because they were looking through the lens of the world, the world's standard, the world's system, the world trend, and the world's success. And they say, by worldly standards, I'm rich and increase with goods, and I have need of nothing. Do you know that it is possible to be in the church but have a worldview of God and yourself? That's true. That's why people continue to live worldly, dress worldly, act worldly. It's because that's the lens they're looking through. They're trying to serve God, but they got on the wrong glasses. And they say, well, I'm going to live for God my way. I'm going to do this my way. I'm going to live, I'm going to give the sacrifice that I want to give, Cain. That's the lens of the world. <laughs> is that a reality today? Of course it is. Of course it is. Their judgment was by worldly standards and worldly knowledge. They had so much knowledge, but it wasn't the knowledge of truth. It was the knowledge of good and evil. Huh? And you can be in the house of God and eat from the wrong tree. Hello? You can live in the house of God but be sneaking other stuff into your room. Are you hearing me right now? <laughs> I don't even know who I'm talking to. It must be just between me and the Lord. Isn't it awesome to have a conversation with the Lord and, and the Lord's talking to you and and. And, and it, the conversation goes on in the midst of a big crowd. It's kind of awkward. Lord, why, why are you talking to me this way in front of all these people? This is private. <laughs> How many knows the Lord's talking to our heart today? His spirit is talking to our spirit. He's not appealing to your brain. He's appealing to your spirit. They felt like they had finally arrived and they knew how to do it. We finally found out all the right buttons to push. We know how to have church. We know the chord. We know the song. We know the movement. We know the method. We know all of those things. We've mastered the mechanics of it all. This is what they felt. They worshiped their own worship. <laughs> Does that make sense? Am I just kind of in the dark? They worship their own worship. When they prayed, they were proud of their prayer. Sound familiar? They praised their own praise. They celebrated their own accomplishments. I'm talking about the church of the Laodiceans. No one here. But they actually became proud and arrogant and conceited. That has happened to God's people, you know. They become self-reliant and self-sufficient. They didn't need anointing. They had gifting. They had talent. They had ability. They had other things. They had other props. And they came to depend on these things and rely on these things. They relied on the goods. They relied on the gifting. They relied upon the talent, the ability, the skill, and even the experience. 
The Lord's taught me I don't need your experience to do what I need to be done. I don't need your experience. I simply need your submission and your willingness and your availability, not your ability. Laodicea simply means, or Laodicean means just people. What does that mean, just people? Hopefully we should realize that the church of the Laodiceans simply means that this church had become a democracy and not a theocracy. They ran and functioned and operated as a democracy, wanting God's blessings instead of being led and governed by God himself. They became uh, the people's church. It's all about doing what people like. It's all about pleasing people and making people feel more comfortable. When John the Baptist was preaching there along the shores of Jordan, he didn't make anybody feel uncomfortable or he didn't make anybody feel comfortable, but he did preach repentance and there were multitudes that came to the water to be baptized. We're not here to make the world feel comfortable and at ease. We're here to be the salt of the earth and to be witnesses unto the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not here to be casual Christians. We're not here to be trendy. We're here to be the salt of the earth and the light in the world my God I know our humanity and our carnality we want to fit in and we want to be accepted nobody likes to be rejected and we're not seeking to be rejected but I'd rather be rejected by the world amen and accepted by him I'd rather be rejected by everybody and know that I'm being accepted by God. The Lord said they hated me. They're going to hate you. We don't want that to happen. Of course not. And we should be nice. We should be courteous. We should be Christians. No one should be any more kind than a Christian man or woman of God. We should be courteous people. We should be respectful people. We should become the safest people on the planet. Hello? You should become the safest person in your school. You should become the safest person on your job. That means you should mature. I should mature in Christ till I actually become like Christ. Where I think like him, I act like him, I respond like him, I love people like him. That's what children should be like their father. Are you hearing me? Just people. They were blessed. They were the church. They became indifferent about their spiritual condition. Someone say indifferent. Look that up if you don't know what it means. Write it down. They felt like their services and their supplies were enough. So they stopped seeking God for God. They started seeking the hand of God and not the face of God. That's happened to me a lot. Just do stuff, Lord. Just bless. Just help. Instead of seeking God for God. That's what children do to their parents. They don't spend time with you because they think you're awesome. No. They spend time with you because they want your money. Huh? I'm talking about small children. They're not kind to you because they love you so much. No, they're kind to you because they want your stuff. That's immaturity. But when we mature, we don't go to God because we want his stuff. We go to God because we value him. We want him. We want relationship with him. It doesn't matter about the stuff. You can have stuff or not have stuff. I just got to have him. Because you can't take stuff to the grave, but you can take him. And if you take him, he's going to take you. Oh, praise God. So they became indifferent about their spiritual condition. They felt like their services and their supplies were enough. And they stopped seeking God. That means they were void of a consistent, intimate relationship 
with God. They ceased to grow in faith. They settled for just that portion of faith that they had received during their first initial experience and encounter with God, and they never cultivated, never nurtured, never built on that. They, they didn't continue study. You don't see them in Sunday school. You don't see them in Bible study. You don't see them in discipleship classes. Why? <laughs> because in their mind, they don't need that. They're already spiritual. They're already rich in their own mind. They don't have need of that petty little foundation class. I mean, who needs to increase in the knowledge of God? No, let's just be Pentecostal. Let's just be protocol and policy. Huh? Yeah, that can happen. Has that ever happened to you? Of course, it's happened to me. They mastered religious routines, mechanics, and protocol. They mastered them. They had relaxed from being fervent in the spirit. I'm talking about them, not us. Thank you for indulging me here today. Who praise God. High five somebody and tell them, hey, he's talking about them, not us. <laughs> oh, he's talking about them. Yeah, I'm just reading their mail, right? I'm just reading their mail. They mastered routine mechanics and protocols, but they had relaxed from being fervent in the spirit. They relaxed. In the area of seeking to know God and to come into alignment and unity and one accord with God so that they can live under his guidance and direction, rule, and influence. They, in that lukewarm condition, they were not warming up. They were cooling off. You know, there's two sides. People start out cold, and they warm up. You know, when you turn the heat on, that's what happened when we came to the altar for the first time. We were cold. But when the preacher got to preaching, and the songs were being sung, and the presence of God began to manifest, and the saints began to shout and praise and worship God, then all of a sudden they didn't feel so cold anymore. They started warming up. And before the service was over, there was a time where they came down to the altar and they got hotter and they felt the power and they felt the flow of the Spirit and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and some of them were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They went from cold to warm to hot. But what happens after we've been there a while? We tend, it's human nature, we tend to go from hot to warm, to cold. God was appealing to them in their lukewarm state. Notice that. He was appealing to them in their lukewarm condition. He's trying to capture their attention and help them to recognize where they were and what they needed. They had become masters at having church. And the reality is that I can be religiously active and so can you, but be spiritually lazy and passive. And there's different reasons for that. Some reasons are we're just simply distracted by our circumstance. And if we're distracted long enough from our circumstance, we can lose focus. And we can even become discouraged. And we can begin to sink. Do you hear me? These things can happen. There's always a reason why we become spiritually passive and spiritually lazy. Discipleship is costly. Having a relationship that is healthy will cost you. It don't just cost the other person. If you're going to have a relationship with that person, it's going to cost you. You're going to have to invest. You're going to have to spend time. You're going to have to make some sacrifices. You're going to have to go places. You're going to have to go beyond convenience 
if the relationship is important enough for you to maintain. Can we lift our hands for a moment? My Lord. Maybe I need a little keyboard music up here. Oh, God. In fact, come on, sister. Come on, help me out here. I'm not going to be very long. So that's the reality, that we can be religiously active but spiritually lazy and passive, but yet look good to other people. Man, they got style. Man, they got stage presence. Woo, they can speak so fine and so well. Would you look at them? They're even helping out at the park. They got a lot of good works. And we should have work. He didn't rebuke them for works. He said, I recognize your works, but I want to deal with your spiritual condition. Because you can be in, and I can be so busy about the work of God that we neglect the relationship with the God of the work. We can have good systems and good strategies, but lack supernatural saturation. How many in here realizes that you need to be saturated again? That you need God's presence to saturate your spirit and your mind and your heart all over again. I want to be more than just a strategist, a singer, operating in different strategies and systems. I want a supernatural saturation from God. Hallelujah. The Lord says, you guys didn't realize, recognize, discern that you were wretched. What does that mean? Wretched just simply means you're afflicted, you're troubled, you're base, you're unrighteousness. You're unright, and you don't even realize it. He says you're miserable. Didn't mean it didn't mean they felt. He didn't say you feel miserable. He says, in my sight, you're, you're miserable. You're pitiful. You're, you're pitiful. You could be a great Pentecostal, but be miserable in the eyes of God. You're just pitiful. You ever looked at somebody and said, Man, that's just a pitiful state. But they think they're doing all right. But you're just like, man, they're pitiful. That's just pitiful. They need help. Huh? They need all kinds of help. They're inadequate. He says, you're, he says you don't even know that you're poor. And he, he wasn't talking about finances. He wasn't talking. He's talking about their spiritual state, the state of their spirit in relationship with God. He said, you're wretched, you're miserable, and you're poor. What does that mean? You're destitute and deficient of true riches. True riches. The riches which makes you effective. The riches of God that makes you influential in your community. The riches of God that make you salty. Where you impact everything and everybody around you. He says you're poor and you don't even know it. He also says you're blind, which means you're visually impaired. You lack proper perception of God of yourself and the condition of the lost world. They lacked proper perception of God themselves and the world. They were deficient of knowledge and understanding and spiritual discernment. They saw everybody else's flaws and mistakes and failings, but they didn't see their own. They talked about Sister Sue who just went through a terrible situation and they're not even praying for her. They're poor. They're focused on the young people that aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, but they're not praying for them. They're poor. They're complaining because they didn't get what they wanted. They're poor. They're in the foyer. They think they're rich, but spiritually they're poor. Because when you and I get a spirit and attitude, I've arrived. I already know the doctrine. I already know God. I don't need to be in there. You're poor, and you don't even know it. 
You're destitute. He said, He said, You're not just poor and blind, but you're also naked. He's talking to Pentecostal people. Yeah. Who knew how to perform. They had all the right clothes. The women had long hair just like the Bible says. The men, they had their part down. He was talking to those professional Pentecostal people of Laodicea. Professional. They knew it. They knew it, man. They knew. You didn't have to tell them. They knew. But, and they, ju- they were judgmental and critical of anybody that didn't walk according to their standard. And the Lord said, you're naked. You dress right, you look right, you appear to be this and that, but you are absolutely naked in my sight. That means you're no longer clothed with Christ-likeness. You're no longer presenting and projecting the image and the identity and the character and the ways of God. You're naked. Because how many know I know I can put on my suit. I can iron my clothes. I can put on a nice tie and comb my hair. And I can look good in front of the people. But in the sight of God, I could be so naked, so deficient, not walking with the armor of God, not being clothed with the righteousness of God. Not presenting and projecting the character, the ways, the image, the identity of God. He says you're naked. We're talking about the Laodiceans, not us, of course. And the Lord says, here's the remedy. Are you ready? Brother Nadji, you ready for this? Here's the remedy. Here it is. I counsel thee. Don't you love it when God counsels you? <laughs> you don't have to pay a hundred bucks for God's counsel. Just receive the Holy Ghost. Just come to church. You get free counseling every service. Yes. Oh, that's so awesome. I get free counseling today. And listen, when you're in God's counseling session, it's not just you talking. God, I got a headache. I've had this headache for three years. People are bothering me. They're on my, they're just on my last nerve. <laughs> I've been abandoned and abused. Listen, God doesn't take those things lightly. But God wants to do more than just hear your complaint. God wants to give you counsel. That's why we got to get in his presence, get in his face. Come on, inquire in his temple. Don't just be routine. Don't just be professional. Be real with God. And God will show you just how real he can be with you and to you. So the counsel of God is this, buy of me. He didn't say go over here. He didn't say go to some state. He said come to me. Buy of me gold. Tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed that thy shame or the shame of thy nakedness doesn't appear and there's a lot that you could glean from that especially if you are well versed in the scripture and he also says that anoint your eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see Because the reality is it's only through him, not just because of him, but through him that we can truly be rich and clothed and confident and unashamed and anointed and spiritually sensitive and filled with knowledge and understanding. It's only through him. He says, buy of me gold, tried in the fire. I was reading about gold, and I, and I found out that gold is the most malleable 
metal among all the metals. Notice in the scripture, you could beat gold and form an angel. You could beat gold into a leaf. You could, you could beat that gold and form it to any shape that you wanted. And it wouldn't crack. <laughs> wouldn't crack. Wouldn't break. So malleable. And that gold is him. Come to me. He didn't say come to me. And listen, just to get stuff, the gold is that relationship that you and I. There's nothing more richer than a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's nothing that will make you richer even when you only have a little bit of bread, a little bit of oil, a few cans in the cupboard, a little bit of milk left in the refrigerator. There's nothing that will make you more richer than a right and a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing. It's only through conceiving Him and His Word and His rule in our lives that we can truly experience the richness that is available for all mankind. He didn't say, just receive it. He said, buy it. Let's stand to our feet. Notice the words. He didn't say just receive the gold. Oh, just accept the Lord as your personal Savior. He didn't say that. Just go to church and everything will be okay. He didn't say that. He says this gold that you only get from me, you have to buy. That means you have to invest. It's going to cost you. If you're going to be fervent in spirit, it's going to cost you. Now, it doesn't cost much to be a professional Pentecostal. No, no. It didn't cost much for me to be at church today. It didn't, it didn't cost a whole lot. Now, now to be on the praise team bar and be on the, you know, sing in the choir, it costs a little bit. What does it cost? Time, effort, energy, practices, singing the same song over and over again, right? Practice makes perfect, right? That's, we, we, we'll, isn't that something that we're willing to invest in that? But we have a hard time investing every day in our relationship with God. Oh, me. Oh, me. Oh, me. Oh. Oh. He says, buy of me gold, try it in the fire. It's going to cost me. If you're lukewarm, Listen, you don't need to stay. You don't have to stay in that condition because it's only a matter of time. That you reach a place where you can't see him, you can't hear him. And you're not going to experience him like he wants you and I to experience him. If you're going to buy the gold that will fit every part of your life, that will fit into every situation of your life. Come on, that malleable gold, it will fit anybody and everybody. No matter how broken they are, he can fill in those cracks with gold. No matter how fragmented your life is, no matter how disappointed you are, no matter how upset or discouraged you are, that gold can fit into your life, into your situation, into the cracks, into the brokenness and the disappointment. 
You can't control things, and not everything. You can't control people. You don't know what people's going to do, but there's one thing that you can control. You can control your choice. You can make a decision, I'm going for the gold. I don't have to go to California to get it, but I can go to the altar. I can go to the throne of grace and get the gold again because everything that I need is in him. Hallelujah. He's worth it. The relationship is worth it. Living a life that is anointed, not just anointed ministry. Too often we settle for an anointed ministry instead of an anointed life. I don't know how you feel, but I want more than an anointed ministry. I want an anointed life. I want to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I want an anointed life, not just a momentary anointed ministry. I don't want just what I do to be anointed. I want who I am to be anointed from him. Oh. The relationship with him is worth it. The gold is worth the sacrifice. <laughs> don't settle for substitutionary supplements. That happens. How many is taking supplements right now? I'm talking physical. Oh, yeah. We take supplements. Why do we take supplements? Because we don't eat right. We eat junk. We microwave food. We go to McDonald's too much. I like their tea. <laughs> I'm not going to stop, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there once in a while when I'm in a hurry and I don't have money for a bigger, better meal. You know what I'm talking about. Dad, could you give me a sweet tea, one of those big ones? <laughs> but listen, you can have more than just a supplement. This is what happens. Sometimes we start taking supplements, and supplements become a substitute for the real thing. The real thing. I want a real relationship. I haven't been in this long, 25 years. But I want a renewed relationship with God. I want revival in my soul. I want to see God again. I want to hear God again. I want to feel God again. I want to be active with Him. I want to be active with Him. You can even come to the altar right now if you want to. Buy the gold. Buy the gold. Buy the gold. Proverbs 23, 23, buy the truth. Just buy it. Buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. Invest in it. Invest in the truth. It's not something that you put in your pocket. It's something that you live with for the rest of your life. <laughs> you don't just say, he's my friend and never talk to him again. No, 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 no. We need to have a relationship. We need to have a friendship. This needs to be reciprocated. Buy the truth and sell it not. Don't forget wisdom and instruction and understanding. Isaiah 55, he that had no money. I'm not talking about the physical, tangible, tangible, the material world. He said, he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. <laughs> Don't become like the foolish virgins who had Christian religion, but they didn't have no oil. Don't choose the riches of Egypt and the glory of men and the glory of the world, but choose the greater riches, the riches of Jesus Christ, the riches of his glory, the riches of his grace, and the riches of his goodness. Sister, I want you to put up there, and I'm, I'm going to read these few verses because this, this, I want you to go back to Revelation chapter number 3, skip down to about 19 or 20. Skip down. No, we're closed, man. We're going to be out of here. Praise God. Listen. This is what he's saying. He's, first he says, buy the gold of me. Talks about being clothed. No longer being ashamed. Being able to see again. In the next verse, verse number 19, he says, as many as I love, I rebuke. 
So the rebuke of God is God's expression of love and chasten. Oh, thank God that he has the nerve to get in my face and say, boy, you don't have to be where you are. Boy, you can have better than what you're having right now. You don't have to remain in this poor, miserable, wretched, blind, naked state. I've got much more for you. I've got gold, and that gold is only found in me. He says, so this is what you do. Be zealous, therefore. What do you mean be zealous? Watch, watch. Be zealous. For what? For him. Be, listen. Be zealous is not a feeling. It's an action. Listen. I don't care how you feel. If I said to you, this vial, this little vessel of oil is worth a million dollars. Here it is. Come and get it. What would you do? Would you sit there and just pray about it? Oh, is he talking to me? Oh, I wonder. No, 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 no. If you believe what I said and that I was really offering you this, this little bottle of oil and it's worth a million dollars, you want to talk about zeal. It has nothing to do with feeling. He says, be zealous. Therefore, go after the gold. And the only way you're going to get the gold is if you make up your mind, he's worth it. This relationship is worth it. It's worth investing my all to gain. That means I'm going to have to lose some stuff. I'm going to have to make some sacrifices to gain the gold. What does that mean? I've got to repent. I've got to turn from my will and my way and my preference and answer the call of God. And I've got to come after him. Can we lift our hands to the Lord right now? I feel the Holy Ghost is working. I feel like the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to our hearts here today. Hallelujah. He's reminding us that we don't have to be in that state. We don't have to be in that condition. Come on, we can be clothed today. We can be anointed today. We can see again. We can behold the glory of God again in the face of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Be zealous about it. Be zealous and go after the gold. Go after the relationship. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't put it in your pocket. But learn that you can live by this gold. You can live the rest of your life because of this gold. This gold is your relationship with God. Come on. Hallelujah. This gold is your relationship with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. I'm here to declare to you my past is over in you. All things are made new. Surrender my life to Christ. I'm moving, I'm moving forward. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, okay, praise God, praise God. Thank you. Well, some of our ministers here, we're going to pray for the little uh, baby right now, but the rest of you, praise God. Let's reach out to the Lord right now. I, I don't care. Just sing something. Praise God. We're seeking the face of the Lord. Come on. We're not after a raise. We're not after promotion. We're after the gold. We're after the Lord. We're after relationship. It's time for renewal and restoration. It's time to get our fervency back. Praise God. I don't want to be professional. I want to be real with God, and I want you to be real in my life. Life. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. God's calling us back. He's calling us back to fervency. Fervency of prayer. Fervency in our consecration and in our dedication to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
Come on, turn her up. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Help us to go after it again, to go after you again, to go after you again. We're not after blessing, we're after the blesser.